Happy Cinco de Mayo, Suns fans. How about that, huh? Game two of a back-to-back against the Atlanta Hawks. The Phoenix Suns go down there, and they come away getting their asses kicked. <laughs> they mm, man, we saw Etwan Moore tonight, man. We saw Etwan Moore. Yeah, we saw Eric Bledsoe out there, too. Oh, wait, no, that was Galloway, dude. He cut his hair. He looked like Eric Bledsoe out there for a second, didn't he? Yeah, yeah wearing, no, wearing the number two. He, I noticed it the last time that he played. That okay. he he had cut the the hair and wasn't looking as Galloway esque, but yeah, it caught you off guard, huh? It did. It's the first time I noticed it. My bad. <laughs> well, well, what a was, loss, though. Yeah, what, what what a loss. You know, dang it! Now the Suns are oh, this number two seed in the West. This is really. I don't yeah. know how we're going to recover from this one. I think Monty's on the hot Yikes. seat. I think that it's time to trade a couple guys away and just really figure out who and what we are coming into this. Obviously, we are being facetious here <laughs> on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Not the funnest night for the Phoenix Suns as they go to Atlanta, ultimately get get pasted. You know, they lose by 32 points tonight in Atlanta after only scoring 15 points in the fourth quarter. So. You know th- these games do happen. It's the back. It's the second game of a back to back, and I think Matthew, I'm just, I'm thankful that there's no back to backs in the NBA playoffs. Oh yeah, that's a beautiful thing. I actually predicted this one to be a blowout win by the Suns. It totally went opposite. I was just hoping that would happen because <laughs> I knew if it was a close game, they would lose steam. <laughs> Throw a few fake laughs in there. <laughs> <laughs> just to get this one started to hold in that anger. I'm just joking. I'm not even actually mad. You were wrong, like buddy. On Twitter, everybody right now is a Suns fan. It's kind of like, you know, schedule loss. I saw that in the comments. Totally true. No one's really upset, especially if Daniel Dorte, who's in the chat right now, isn't upset. No one's going to be upset, right? Hey, you know what? We take our emotional radar from Dan, see what he thinks. And you know what? If he's not upset, then I'm not upset either. This is definitely a game that, like you said, schedule loss. You kind of can feel it coming, especially after the Suns went to overtime against the Cleveland Cavaliers last night. That's why it was so paramount to win this that game, because you knew you were playing a tougher team. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks are a playoff team. No doubt about that. And they're fighting for positioning. They want to feel good about themselves and going to go up against the Phoenix Suns. That's, you know, that's a feather in their cap. So, so cheers to them. You know, we're on to bigger and better things. Uh, we'll see you in the finals. All right. We'll Hawks. See you in the finals. Yeah. That'd be awesome. If we played them in the finals, I hope to I God would, we do. I would totally take that. But, uh, welcome to everybody who's decided to join us here on the sun's jam session podcast. I'm John. He's Matthew. This is the sun's jam session podcast. If you're watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, thank you. If you're on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit the thumbs up button. Hit the little bell to remind you that when we go live, you'll get a little push notification to your phone or your mobile device, your iPad, your your Bluetooth in your truck. I don't know how those <laughs> work. I drive an old truck that doesn't even have Bluetooth, so I don't even know how that stuff works inside vehicles. I don't either. Yeah, we're old school like that. We're, we're old. <laughs> but you can become an elite jamster by clicking the join button or following the link in the description. And feel free to donate to the show via the Super Chat if you're on YouTube to, to help me and Matthew get cars that have Bluetooth in them. It would be really nice. uh, appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody wants to throw $10,000 down right in the chat right now, I swear I'll go buy something that's got a blue, got some Bluetooth capability in it. So (laughs) I'm (laughs) sure you would. I'm sure. Shannon's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I I, I put it out there. I had to do it. Uh, If you are listening on, 
the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we will read it right here on the pod. We have a new one to read tonight, so we'll get to that at the back end of the show. Cool. If you have any questions, email the show, sunsjamsession at gmail.com. And with that being said, it is Cinco de Mayo, so I'm going to pop one of these Austin cocktail little margaritas. Celebrate. Some tequila with uh, triple sec, orange, and lime. So, yeah. Matthew, I know you're, you're – what are you drinking with Invisalign over there? I got the uh, water. I will, I'll be, I'll, I'm will. i going to be at Sandbar tonight after this pod, Ooh. drinking my butt off. So, so Question. Yes. Can, can't you take Invisalign out? Yeah, you can take it out. So why <clears> don't you have the rules? Break break down the rules for me. So the reason I want to drink right now is because if I take them out and I drink, I would have to wash my mouth out and I would have to brush my teeth again and then put them back in. So I can drink. It's just I would have to do that. And oh, I can't that drink sounds so hard. I mean, if you want me to leave and go to the restroom and do it, I can brush my teeth on live TV. <laughs> you know, pretty, I could do that. That'd be pretty funny, but it would make for a bad podcast for those of you who are listening terrible, on too. radio. So you already have they, my lips smacking with the stuff in my mouth. So well, I hope you guys like the sound of this one. Let's talk about this loss and just what are we gonna do with ourselves? Your Phoenix Suns go to Atlanta and don't just lay an egg in the fourth quarter. It was kind of a kind of an egg that was laid the entire yeah. game, Matthew. So, you know, the first thing, the first question I'll bring up is what do you think of those MLK jerseys that Atlanta wears? I think it looks cool. It's very unique and different. You know, the Brooklyn Nets have something very, very different. What we've never seen in the NBA. This too is a little bit different from the Hawks. I, I don't mind it. I think the jerseys match the court very well. I kind of like their court. Reminds me of going to church. I should get my butt back into church. So that's what it reminds me of. And uh, I am very, I, I'm into it. What do you think? I don't know. Like I got a couple of problems with them. I, I, I do like the court. I think it's really cool. Uh, and I like the jerseys and what they represent, obviously. But all that aside, one, I just see milk because it says MLK. It doesn't have the yeah. like, so like naturally, I'm like, oh, milk. Why are they wearing milk? I'm like, oh, yes, MLK jerseys. Okay, that makes sense. And two, yeah. one thing that I like when we play the Hawks is I generally like their jerseys. I like their color of red. I like the different combinations that they have. They've yeah. gone away from like the Al Horford jerseys and the, the, uh, yeah, Al Horford was on the team when they had, and the Steve Smith jerseys, the one that had the Hawk like across. I hated those when they added a lot of blue in there. But oh, recently, you didn't like those? I no, I didn't. Cool. For some reason, good. like, in the mid to late nineties, they started to throw dark blue in there as part as as part of their Pantone color palette, and I just okay. wasn't a fan of it. And I really like how they've gone away from that and got, really embraced that hawk red. And so I kind of feel like we were robbed of it tonight when we played them wearing those jerseys. I I guess so. You know what? They're one of the teams where. We we I feel like every time we used to go to games, we used to watch the Hawks. It was always a Hawks game. They were yeah. wearing those red, vibrant jerseys, the the uh, neon colored the neon ones. Colors. Those those were fucking ugly the, too. Oh, you don't like those? I no. do like those too. I thought those were different and kind of cool. Um, honestly, I've never been a big fan of a lot of the stuff that you know other teams might do to be kind of different, like the Dallas Mavericks. But the Hawks, away, I feel like always pulled off. Maybe because they're in the East, I don't have to see it as much. So when I do see it, it's just like, yeah, at least they're trying. At least it looks pretty decent. But if it's like the Mavericks, we have to watch them all the time on TV. 
it's just like ugh, all those jerseys are nasty and ugly. So you can't get any worse than what the Mavericks are trying to pull off. Yes, yeah, and I like some of the Mavericks jerseys. So this, this year, is what, um, no, I don't like this year's city editions. The gold, the gold trim, I don't like that stuff. Do you like uh, the but, green ones? Don't they have like the green? No, graffiti ones green I don't the, the graffiti ones were the city editions last year i didn't like that was those. last no. year yeah those, those were last year's city's editions but you know what <laughs> what wasn't really pretty outside of the jerseys oh. yeah. i i do think it's funny though because we always kind of have a different opinion on the jersey that's why i like uh-huh. asking that question um but one thing that wasn't pretty was the way that the suns kind of played in the first half and the second half and the fourth quarter and you know you you could tell it was just a team that seemed tired and you take that and couple it with the fact that the Atlanta Hawks were unbelievably lethal tonight. And, you know, you stir it all together into a, a gumbo. And what do you get? A, a, a shit gumbo. And that's what we kind of saw tonight, you know? I mean, the, the Hawks came out. They had 42 points in the first quarter, which was the most the Suns have given up in a quarter this season. They went 7 for 10 from deep. And, you know, there, there were some nice things in that first quarter that I saw. And I know that I saw more of the game than you did, right? Yeah, here we go again. I was trying to get out. I worked like, all East day today. I left work at right before halftime, and I got home right in the middle of the third. So I listened to it as much as I could at home. I watched it on my screen a little bit. I actually saw Frank Kaminsky do a nice move. I thought it was Aiden, and I'm like, oh, nice move, Aiden. I'm like, oh, it's just Frank. Oh well, but yeah, I, I didn't miss it, but I knew what was going on, kind of. So my apologies, everybody. Well, that's what you got me here for, bud. Uh, <laughs> Couple couple things that I, I liked in the first half. Uh, Bridges continuing where he left off. He had nine yeah. four, nine points in the first quarter. Uh, had a, a real nice hustle play on Bogdan. <laughs> Margarita's man. I will tell you what, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, you know, he wasn't giving up, and I really felt like in the first quarter, even though the Suns were outscored in that quarter, ultimately uh, being down forty two to thirty eight at the end of one. You felt like the Suns definitely had a chance in this game because it looked like Atlanta was just getting lucky. You know, now granted, the Suns weren't putting, you know, it was a lot of the not the hand in the face, the lackadaisical hand in the face. They weren't jumping out on defenders, leaving guys wide open. And to the Hawks' credit, they were knocking them down. And that just kind of continued through the entire game. Yeah, and I had my little screen on my little desk, and I was like listening to it. And EJ commented, he's like, that announcer with the three <laughs> was the most. And before he even said that, I'm like, all I could hear is because usually when you're listening to, um, when you listen to EJ and you're listening to Kevin Ray, it's you're not, they're not going to do play by play like a John Bloom, right? They're just going to be like, oh, like they'll talk about other things while the game's going on. So I can't really see what's going on, but I can just hear that three. And I'm like, is anything else going on on the Suns and on offense? But there, there was. It's just they went, what, seven for 10 in the first quarter from three? Yeah. So it was absolutely insane. I couldn't really tell how the defense was. I didn't hear much of Aiden. I didn't hear much of that. But like you said, McKill, I know it did start out hot, and Booker did too. Booker seemed like he was in the zone midway through the first, and those two players came out and ready to play. They were feeding off of what they did last night. The rest of the team, though, I guess wasn't there, right? Yeah, it was, you know, again, just lackadaisical effort it, it felt like and it was uh one of the games where they just kind of they, they let themselves get into the holes and we saw it even last night you know Devin Booker and Chris Paul willed that team to victory last night because there were spurts throughout the game in which they were the only ones who were doing anything offensively everything else just kind of seemed discombobulated and it was it's 
it's nice to get that victory over the Cavs, but it came back to haunt them tonight. And, you know, you go back to Bogdanovich, who ended the night with a total of 16 points. Uh, he had four for six from downtown, six assists. How the hell did the Sacramento Kings purely just let this guy go? Oh, because man. he was a restricted free agent. They had the opportunity to match whatever Atlanta did, and they're like, nope. And I know they've talked about it on the Bill Simmons podcast, but I think it's a great point. The, at the very least, you match whatever they offer him, and you trade him and, and garner assets for him later. They just let him go to the Hawks, man. Yeah, he was one of those players. I was like, is this like a sneaky move? I know they even talked about on the Bill Simmons podcast when he was added to the Atlanta Hawks and Gallinari was the added. They're like, oh, they're just trying to grab these players and just kind of mix and match them to make it look good on paper. That's what they were trying to do early because it wasn't really processing well. Then they actually had a new head coach added to the team after they fired the old one. I mean, it was assistant coach. I'm sorry. Now that he's there and coaching this team, they, they turn things around. So yeah, Nate, now Nate it looks really good. They McMillan. And I, I can picture his face. I just forgot his name. I'm not very yeah. good with names. He used to be but, on um, Seattle Super Sonic. Yep. I do remember that. Him and Detler Shrimp. You know, yep. I love yep. that guy. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I was thinking that I'm like, that was such a good pickup. When I in the offseason, I thought it was. I was like, it was nuts that the Kings let him go because he's such a good shooter. Every time Suns fans know when you go up against them, he is just automatic from three. Yes. And he's just a good shooter. No matter where you are trying to defend him, he has he can free himself up like the best of them. So it was I was thinking, I'm like, Bogdan was like let go basically from the team. And then you know, the Atlanta Hawks are trying to trade John Collins. And then you hear a lot of stuff about Michael Porter Jr. too. Like maybe he should be a trade option for the Nuggets. But a lot of these talented players, I feel like are just giving up for nothing or wanting to be moved so quickly because of contract situations. It's like, dude, if they're this good, you have to hold on to these players. Because John Collins and Michael Porter are panning out for their teams. And luckily they weren't traded. And I think the same thing with Bogdan. It's just like, it took a while for him to get adjusted like the rest of the team. Now he's just in sync. The whole team is playing well, just as good as the Knicks. Well, he really had an opportunity to shine when Trey young went down for those few games after he tweaked his ankle. And all of a sudden he was in, uh, he was cohesive with the team. And, you know, I'm glad that he's not playing for the Kings. Like way to go Kings. I don't have to see this guy three to four times a year. You know, so thank you for that because he is a guy who I feel is a Suns killer. And here's what's crazy: the the Hawks signed him for 18 million a year, four years, 72 million dollar contract is what he garnered. 18 million isn't crazy. Now it's it's a lot of money. You know, r- you look at their overall roster structure, and they're going to have to really uh, be smart with the way that that they navigate moving forward. And that's one of the reasons why John Collins was rumored to be traded earlier in the season. It's because they wanted, you know, he wants a max deal pretty much. They offered him some money in the off season. He didn't take it. He wants the max deal. So they said, okay, well, we're going to spend that money on, on Bogdanovich. And he is, I mean, he's fire, man. He's a really good player. He played some very clutch defense tonight on CP three. He was picking him up full court, making CP three work. And that's probably why we had a less than stellar performance tonight from Chris Paul. He went three for 11 from the field, only had six assists, nine points. And I know it's, it doesn't mean much, but a negative 26 from the point God in the plus minus Ooh, tonight, Matthew. That, that sucks. And it's, it's hard to watch when he has an off night, right? Cause you just know he's so tired and he tries and you're thinking like, should this be a night that he just takes off that it's just a rest night it should have been in advance. Like, Hey, we're going to rest him and then see what else, you know, you have Galloway already in the comments. I knew this would come up. Why is he not playing? So 
I was just thinking, I'm like, maybe you should start resting. I know the number one seed is on on the on the verge of being like in the sun's hands, but I just honestly think that these are games where you can rest and then you can go out there and you can see how well you do with that bench. Cause I think they have a little bit more energy in them than what Monty probably thinks. And I know Monty's trying to get his uh, lineups adjusted now ready for the playoffs, but it'd be nice to see some of these other guys, but though, I mean, Chris Paul's going to play. He wants the momentum going well, to the playoffs. I don't that's blame the him. Key yeah. Is, and it, it makes sense. The momentum, right? Is that mm-hmm. what you're saying? That's the key. Well, it, it is. I, yeah. It, no, what makes sense is the fact that Chris Paul wants to play. And he's the coach. He's the one who says, I want to play. And I think that right now, uh, you know, you are right. You do want momentum going into the playoffs. But I think we're just far enough out to where I think for like two or three games, we can get a little bit of rest. It's the third game in four nights. Dario Saric wasn't slated to play. We didn't see any Dario until Monty emptied, emptied the bench with like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Which I thought I thought was kind of strange. I, I was expecting Dario minutes. I think that Dario's been playing better both with uh, with him and Frank Kaminsky on the court at the same time. Mm-hmm. I thought that that's something that could have been effective against this team and their size, but we didn't yeah. see it. But you know, you look at Chris Paul, and you know he's going to play. It should be a rest game for him, but he's going to go out there now. Granted, played over thirty five minutes last night. Only played twenty four tonight because he didn't get any much play in the fourth quarter. So, you, you know, you got to take that as a little micro victory, you know, a little bit of rest there. But, you know, this is a reminder to all Suns fans. You know, when he throws up that three for 11 and nine points and six assists, that's a very Ricky Rubio-esque kind of stat line. Rubio would have made it probably a couple more shots. But, I mean, Rubio wasn't an offensive force, was not nearly as clutch as Chris Paul. And that's why when he started missing those mid-range shots, you're like, ah, shit, this just ain't going to be his night because – it happens to Chris Paul. It happens probably once every 10 games where he just doesn't hit the midi and it doesn't feel automatic. Yeah. And aren't we lucky? It's only once every 10 games. It's insane. Yes. That's why it's so sad to watch. Cause you just know how much he's put into the season and how much he works. And like, just those games I know can frustrate him. He knows he has it in him, but just like at his age, it's the thing where you go through these back-to-backs, it's not going to happen for him. And we're okay with that. We should have other guys step up and try to take take the shots from him, fill that void. But I mean, it just didn't happen tonight. I mean, I didn't watch a whole lot of Aiden. I didn't watch. I didn't even think, I don't even see one minute with Aiden. I didn't even hear his name tonight. So did he play? I know he had 23 yes, he minutes. Did. Well, what's interesting is the very beginning of the game that was, was promising for the Suns is to, like four or two of the first, like four or five plays was Chris Paul running high pick and roll with DeAndre Aiden and hitting him in two different ways. And, Aiden finishing and, and flushing it down. And it was really impressive to see. I wrote in my notes. I was like, this is a great way to start. I, you know, and then they, they kind of got taken out of their game. Almost. It, it, it felt like, you know, again, Deandre Aiden, seven points, eight rebounds. I'm not even going to do the eight and watch tonight, Matthew. I'm not even going to do the drop tonight because he only played the 26 minutes. Wasn't overly effective. And I, at times that he was outplayed by, uh, yeah. Clint Capella, but it was an interesting start to the game because I thought that it was going to be promising. Even Eddie said it on the broadcast. He's like, this is going to be a game for DA and he felt it was coming. And then all of a sudden it just like everything kind of went sideways. I feel like the Suns were trying to, well, I said it a few games ago. I think it was the game. It was probably our last loss. Cause we've won five in a row. Who was our last loss? Was it the, uh, oh, God, I suck at this. I do too. There's just so many games. There's so man. many games. I can pull up the schedule and I'll remember. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we lost to Brooklyn. We beat the net. Was it Brooklyn the last game? Yeah. Brooklyn and the Celtics. We both lost those. 
Okay. I mean, we and lost then, both and those then games. was win, 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 win. Okay, it yeah. wasn't that game. It was the Celtics game. It was the Celtics game where it felt like the it was. Yeah. I said it was the Suns are a team in the middle, where it just felt like on defense they were stuck in the middle. They didn't want to fully commit to the perimeter tonight, and so they just they, they'd kind of jump out halfway, and either the Hawks would hit the shot or pass around and find a more efficient shot on the interior, and you just kind of continually saw it, and you're like, oh, man, the defense isn't here tonight. And kudos to the Suns. I mean, they yeah. put up a good fight. Devin Booker, 30 points in this game, did mm-hmm. everything he could to get this team within striking distance. I believe they were down 11 going into the fourth quarter, and then the fourth quarter, the, uh, the Hawks just blew the lid off the thing. Yeah, I can hear and see him trying to draw a lot of fouls in this game. And the Celtics game, that was basically Celtics suck. And it was just like one of those games where it's just like this team that is beating the Suns, this is nothing like I've seen out West. This is nothing that's going to contend for anything this year. But the Hawks tonight, it seemed like they had, were hitting on all cylinders. It seemed like they're a team in sync and more confident than what the Celtics are. And that's kind of scary. I'm glad they're playing out East. I mean, I don't think the Suns would have an issue with them if they were playing in the West on a good night for the Suns. But they were just absolutely playing their best game. And I think that, you know, I mean, they're playing the Suns, right? That's the mm-hmm. thing we always talk about. You're playing the big daddy of the league. That's the team they want to take down, and that adds a lot of fuel to what they're trying to do and take the Suns out. A lot of fuel to the fire, you know? And uh, I was I was actually thinking, too, tonight, Booker, it sounded like he was trying to get teammates involved. It looked like it a little bit. This kind of sucks the way I'm trying to go about this because I'm kind of vague on what happened. I'm kind of in purgatory here with the game. I don't know what I saw. I don't know what's real, what's what's hell, what's heaven. So, I mean, he seemed like he was a guy trying to get the team involved. He was getting to his spots, and he was drawing fouls. So that sounded like he was having a really, really good game. I know he put up 30, but then just everything else about it seemed like it was a Devin Booker, like a hell of a game by him. Yeah, he had a solid performance tonight, that's for sure. And again, he was our only offense there for a long time. 11 for 20 from the field, 7 for 8 from the free throw line, 3 rebounds, 5 assists. Uh, and I felt like he was he was missing some of his easy shots. And there were points of the game where if he had hit a couple of those shots, we would have shrunk the, the deficit down to about 5, and yeah. you would have felt more confident. But, I mean, the whole team was kind of doing it. Uh, I... I commend Booker for trying to will this team to a victory, but unfortunately he just couldn't get there. And then again, when that fourth quarter started and the Atlanta Hawks started what, uh, like with a 15 and 0 run or something. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually, I went to go brush my, uh, my dentures in the bathroom where when the fourth quarter started, we were only down by eight and I came back out where we're down by like 17 or something like, crazy. What the fuck I, was like, happened? I was like, what happened? I'm like, okay. This is what's happening. They're just going to lose this game. So right then and there, I kind of dealt with them. Like, okay, this one's over. Yeah, a couple other performances uh, of note tonight for the Phoenix Suns. You know, I did mention Mikhail Bridges start off with nine first quarter points, 18 total points for him, six for nine from the field, uh, one steal, one block, a nice performance from him. Um, But I'm going to bring up a guy who we talked about a little bit on the podcast last night. And then we actually went, made a video. We broke down his last 11 games. Cam Johnson, okay? Cam Johnson, his last 11 games, is shooting 21.4% from downtown. He was 0 for 6 tonight, Matthew. Mm -hmm. So if you are interested, you you can go to our YouTube channel. You'll actually see a video breakdown of his last 11 games, every three-pointer that he's taken. And you'll see how, you know, I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with the guy. 
And I have a piece that's coming out tomorrow on Bright Side of the Sun, just kind of asking that question, analyzing what he is, what he, you know, what he we expect him to be, and how we're going to need him come playoff time. Because if you look at the playoffs historically, it is full of clutch shots made by role players. You look at John Paxson, you look at Ron Artest, Mario Ellie, who hit the the hit the kiss of death. Death three in 1995 for the Houston Rockets against the Suns in game seven. You know, there's a bunch of guys throughout the history of the NBA playoffs who have made unbelievably clutch threes. And I believe that all of our expectations as Suns fans are lasered in on guys like uh, Cam Johnson. Yeah. And wasn't his first shot. The only shot made was in the paint, right? Tonight. Yeah. He was was. one one for nine overall. Oh, for six from deep. Yeah, and it was like something that maybe would get him going, but I remember he shot one, and it was the end of third quarter, and it was just a terrible, terrible. It was like a Dario Saric miss, you know. Dario yeah. Saric has the worst misses in the in the NBA. He's allowed to, I don't know why, but they're pretty nasty. They're the ugliest things I've ever seen. But <laughs> Cam Johnson, that one was really nasty. He just stood there. He's just like, "What is up? What is wrong?" But you know what? It could be, of course, um, just a weird first season in the NBA. Cut short. You're coming in here. You're playing so many games in a row. Mikael Bridges went through the slump where he was just, he seemed absolutely tired. So mm-hmm. maybe that's something to do with it. I don't know. But he needs, of course, to get together. But it's a second year player and he's already exceeded the expectations of that pick by everybody worldwide, media wide. They're, they're all noticing Cam Johnson now, especially with the reverse dunk last night. But he's, he's helped this team a lot this season. So we give these guys a little bit of leeway, right? When they do go through the slumps. I mean, Darius Arch was one of them. Now mm-hmm. Cam Johnson is another because I feel like he's helped the team so much and he's improved by the little. I know people say he sucks, but he's in a slump. But, all right? but, but do is, people say he sucks? I see it in the chat a lot. <laughs> and really? I see it on Twitter. Yeah. Everyone I see it on Twitter from time sucks. to time, but I feel like Cam Johnson is one of those players on the Phoenix Suns because he was doubted. Because it was a James Jones guy, because everyone in the national media trashed him, we embrace him more than anybody does. And he's kind of like Mikhail Bridges. He's one of those guys where yeah, yeah. now, granted, you say anything negative about like Mikhail Bridges or Devin Booker, like people are gonna fight you. And I don't feel it's the same with Cam Johnson, but I feel a lot of people are just like, Man, shooters gotta shoot, they gotta get out of it. Yeah, and and, yeah. and I agree with that. But I mean, I think that it's we've hit kind of that time where I'm losing faith in him. I really am. I mean, you look at the three-point shooting on the team, okay? Where should he fall relative to our three-point shooters from from a percentage standpoint? Should it be a top three guy, a top five guy? What do you think? From what he was drafted, it should be top two. So you think he should be a top two three-point yes. shooter on our him team? Him and Langston Galloway should be the he, best three-point shooters on the he team. He is currently the 11th best three-point shooter on the team. Yeah. Langston Galloway, 45%. Abdul Nader's 41%. Almost 42. Mikhail Bridges, 41%. Campaign, 40%. Chris Paul, 38%. Tory Craig, 38%. Jay Crowder, 38%. Frank Kaminsky, 37%. Javon Carter, 36%. Dario Saric, 36%. Cam Johnson, 35%. Yeah. That's why I made that video today. That's why uh, I wrote that piece for Brightside that comes out tomorrow. We need him to be better than that because come playoff time, he's going to have wide open shots. You look at Cam Johnson, he shoots 69% of his shots from beyond the arc. Okay. Based on the advanced statistics in the NBA, 69% of the time he's either open or wide open. Open is the defenders between four and six feet from you. Wide open is six plus feet. 
He is 69% of the time he's wide open. He's going to be wide open because the way this offense is designed, Chris Paul penetrates, Devin Booker penetrates. They run high pick and roll. Defenses collapse. Cam Johnson's hanging out there, and they're just not falling down. Yeah, and it's it's like, do they leave him wide open because he's missing? No, it's what you said. It's the offense we play. It's the players we have. They're when Aiton's cruising in the, in the lane. You know, it even takes more pressure off of uh, – you know, a lot of the other players, but Cam Johnson himself, he's going to be wide open. All these players are always wide open. Booker's wide open all the freaking time for three, and he can't knock them down. So you're going to get a lot of light, wide open shots. I don't I don't feel bad about what Cam Johnson's doing. Yes, under my breath when I watch him, I'm like, come on, make that three. Sometimes I yell it, but it's like, you know, sometimes I get freaking physical in here. But I, <laughs> I honestly just think that he needs to have a couple good games because we saw him Remember like when Aiden went through those four games and he was a, just phenomenal, right? And then he went through a long slump where it was trade, 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 all this other stuff. Cam Johnson played two or three games in a row where he looked like a different player. I was like, oh, he is ready for the starting lineup job. Give it to him. So that is what we're waiting to come back. I It, it, it will come back. I think by playoff time, he'll have something. Who knows if he'll make the big three or not? There shouldn't be that much pressure put on him in big games right now because he is so young. Or he's, but he'll probably, have he's older chance, than Booker. Though. He'll have the chance, but whether or not he knocks it down, I don't know, man. I, we I, can't be so mad at the dude right now. I'm just not too I, upset. I'm not about mad, it. and I, I'm not mad at all. I'm not saying you. Yeah, yeah or anybody should anybody be mad else. at Cam. But I think it's something that we should definitely cue in on and keep an eye on. Because he might start to lose minutes because he's not the greatest defender. You know, he's got like what, like a 116 oh, defensive no, rating or something. He's you know, and, and, he, and he shows improvements in yeah. both his ability to take the ball to the hoop, to run the transition, to play a little bit of defense. But I mean, he's not there yet. And we get it. He's a second year player. But, you know, I mean, shooters got to shoot and he's got to continue to shoot to get out of this slump. But I was hoping as I was writing that article today. I was like, you know what? They play tonight, and I hope he just shuts me the fuck up. And he goes 0 for 6 from deep. I'm like, dude, yeah. I got to adjust my statistics a little bit in that piece and just be like, dude, it was even worse. <laughs> to make it worse. <laughs> yeah. You know? Dude, I know. So, you pick the Hawks tonight. You get that, and you shit on Cam Johnson. You get that, too. What else are you going to do, John, to the Suns team, huh? Well, I'll do something to another team. How about them uh, How about them Hawks? I am not a fan of the Trey Young brand of basketball. Oh, God. That's the nicest way I know how to say fuck Trey Young, dude. <laughs> he is a screamer, and I hate screamers. Dylan Brooks. Is Dylan Brooks a screamer? I don't remember. What he's he a head bobbing screamer. He's a flopping he screams head too? Bobber. I thought he was yeah. just a head bobber. No, he's a okay. head bobber because the head bobbers are screaming when they're bobbing. They're like, oh, shit. You know, like <laughs> they both do that, and I, it drives me up a wall, dude. Yeah. I get it. It's the modern NBA, and it is an art learning how to – Trick the officials into believing that what you are doing constitutes a foul. But the scream, come on. I hate the scream, man. Yeah. Well, when you're that little, I think you need to, right? No. You need to let out the scream. I think no. you do. You need some. Javon Carter doesn't there. scream. Yeah, but he doesn't Campaign know how to draw a foul. Scream. They don't know how to draw fouls, though. Like 
Trey Young does. And I don't blame a guy like him or Harden that draw fouls at all. I'm not trying to back him up in what he does, but he has a lot of adjustments to be made. And I think we heard it the pregame, something that someone was talking about tonight where things have been cut in half with shot attempts for him. He's not just chucking them up unless he did tonight. I just didn't see him, but he doesn't seem like the same player he used to be. And he's such a great passer. He's a guy that can really just do a lot for that team. And I think it just needs to even out for him. And I think it will eventually. And I've always liked him coming out of college. I mean, we were the, I was a big Trey young fan. I was like, as long as we, I get was too, Trae until young, we didn't get him. Yeah, exactly. But he's, he's still a good player, man. I, I like what he does on the court because he's he a good gets, player. He gets he's, the fouls. Whatever you have to do to get the calls, man. Whatever you have watch. to do. No, but again, I, the, whole, I'm glad. the whole NBA is whining and yelling and all that. So I don't even know where but the line the, is crossed. So, so, so who are the screamers on our team? I don't know. Booker. No, he Booker doesn't scream. But he gets hit and he, and he screams sometimes when he goes off of it. Every now and then. That little I jump see, shot every thing. Time the I watch, the side. Every time I watch Trey Young, he's screaming. And it just, it drives, there's no one around him. And he's like screaming yeah. because he feels like the contact is coming. You know, yeah. it's it's like you've seen The Office, right? You remember yeah. when Pam is going to punch Michael Scott because uh, he she's Michael Scott's dating Pam's mom. Remember no. that? Was that what season is that? I stopped at season five. So anything after it's that. right in there. Michael is Scott it? dates Pam Beasley's mom. You don't remember that? No, I didn't get that far, dude. I was kind of classic. Off. Well, oh, anyways, okay. she goes to punch him and he's like, oh. She's like, you can't flinch. And she still goes to do it again. She's like, oh. she's like, put your hands in your pockets. You can't flinch. Like, that's Trey Young. He's always, oh, he's Michael Scott, man. He's he, it's just yeah. it drives me crazy. So rant over. You know, I I, I am a fan of Trey Young because I like people who can navigate uh the passing lanes with with such creativity that he does. I mean, 16 points, 12 assists tonight. The guy is a quality basketball player, but he plays absolutely no defense. And it, it's funny. We'll talk about it here in a, in a little bit on SB Nation says all the Hawks fans think the same thing. They're like, we need to hide him. We need to hide oh, yeah. him. And yeah, Force Master says, book complaints because he doesn't get calls. That's not screaming, though. That's complaining. That's exactly. Right? He and doesn't he doesn't scream. even scream that loud. If anybody that screams loud, it's maybe CP3 when he does go to the hole. You hear him more than anybody on the team, which is well, very rare. And, and what's weird with Booker is, like, what the fuck is a continuation anymore? Oh my God. It doesn't. Yeah. This is one, this thing. And what are the, the fouls that we're talking about that are called mm-hmm. will be looked at in the off season because I hope so. I don't even know, man. Eddie said it so well on the broadcast. He's like, you're ruining one of the best parts about basketball. It's the creative and ones. Yes. It's like Devin Booker at the end of the first half drove right into, I think it was Hoarder and got bumped, jumped, shot yeah. it in, you know, yeah. and, and Trey young gets the call, but he doesn't, I won't go into that necessarily, but it, I just don't. And, like what's an and one anymore? Like you know who ruined that was your boy Harden. Uh, not Harden's my boy. continuation. My boy. <laughs> yeah. I hate. I can't stand Harden. I know all the Jansers oh, know geez. that. The whole yes. world knows. Yeah, I can't stand Harden. I can't stand Luca. I can't stand Trey Young, and I can't stand Dylan Brooks. <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> um, campaign campaign was getting pissed at the officials. Simone Jelks, who's one that. of the. Uh, the officials tonight was like, whoa, 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 stop. <laughs> you know, because th- like the previous play, Trey Young dribbled it right out of bounds. It was called mm-hmm. out on campaign. The next time he threw it, a guy hit out of bounds and he turned around yeah. and he started screaming at her, man. Yeah. I, 
maybe Monte should have reviewed that one. Remember when it went up way out of bounds? Is that the one mm-hmm. you're talking about where it yes. rolled all the way out and all he didn't dive out. for it? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he should use that. Um, of course, we could say right now, hey, Monte should have challenged that. Look at the rest of the game. Maybe it should have turned the game around. But uh, that was one that showed the sun should have had. It was funny to watch that where she's like, hey, hey, hey I kind of like that. Is I that thought it weird? was funny. I think the refs should yell back and get right back in the players' faces. The way they get yelled at all game and all that shit, I know they mess up, but it's a fast fucking game, and they just get yelled at constantly. They have diarrhea in their pants probably all day long because of how much shit that they take. And it's honestly something that I wish they would look at in the offseason where the refs can yell back and the players get technicals to them if they cross well, the line. That'd be see, awesome. I think it's in... It's in Minnesota, I think. They just passed a law where like officials can file... Uh, some sort of motion with the local court if they if they're really? verbally abused on the court. I saw some on Twitter. It's probably fake. Wow. Uh, but it did make me laugh. Has it happened? I'm like, really? No, I, I think it's happen. like a proposal or something. But it's like, geez, man, it's, yeah. it's, it's really getting serious out here. Um, but one thing that I also noticed in this game that I wanted to bring up was the fact that, yeah. and this is why we lost the game. Okay, this is it. Mm-hmm. What do we always talk about the Suns? What's made the Suns special this season is sustained scoring from our bench unit, right? Yes. Booker goes off the court. CP3 goes off the court. Aiton goes off the court. Bridges go off the court. Whoever comes in to spell them provides some sense of offense. And we just keep, it, it, you know, it's, it's like it's like a punching bag. We just keep hitting it, keep hitting it, keep hitting it. And ultimately, we win the game. Tonight, the Atlanta Hawks outscored the Phoenix Suns bench. And mind you, the Phoenix Suns bench played three quarters of the fourth quarter. They outscored them 74 to 36, man. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, the Suns, their bench played three quarters or whatever, but they were dribbling the ball off their legs every time they had the fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. ball. <laughs> like none of them could even dribble the ball when they had it. They didn't know what to do. They were passing to the Hawks the whole time, so a lot of turnovers there. And yeah, yeah that's that's funny because you know you got Gallinari there, you have Herder. Herder's a guy I think the Suns were trying to draft. I, if I remember correctly, in the draft he came out of, they were trying to get him, but they didn't get him. And I was like, oh, why are they trying to get this guy? But he's a knockdown shooter. So mm. the Hawks do have a bench, but it's so weird for the Suns not to have that energy from the bench because usually when you have the starters you know kind of slumping you remember through the rest of the earlier in the season you kind of focus okay here comes the bench they're gonna give us energy back but it just wasn't there even juice tonight i know he started but i always think of him like as a bench he guy. had a rough game it was a man. rough night for him dude but he's rough been playing a lot of the juice too. yeah so you can just throw it out the window right even this yeah he, he, he was he was worse on the team with a negative 30 he had two turnovers three points three rebounds uh, you know, that that time for juice starting is rapidly coming to an end. Uh, tonight's the first night, yeah. like, I really miss Jay Crowder. Yeah, we went through a slump when he first was out. Mm-hmm. But I really well. missed him tonight. I just felt like this was a team that we had a chance to potentially beat. You just need to play a little bit more defense, and we just didn't have the ability to do so. Uh, but looking mm-hmm. at the Atlanta Hawks bench, you had, let's see here, Danilo Gallinari, 16 points. You had 13 from Quarter. You had 16 from Lou Will, and you had 14 points from our winner of the The Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. I'm going to give this one tonight to the rookie, the sixth overall pick, Onye Ku Okongwu. Yes, he is. Uh, he was electric tonight, man. It was his best game of the season. The Hawks fans in the SB Nation chat, Peachtree mm-hmm. Hoops, were talking about. You know, they, they just call him OO, which is kind of a funny nickname. That's kind of oh oh double zero, huh? Double O, 
Double but o, he, he was just, you know, he's, he's a guy who averages four points a game uh, in 11 minutes a game, doesn't have a lot of opportunity to showcase his skill set. I mean, he is kind of a big guy behind John Collins and uh, Clint Cabela. Mm-hmm. And his, his season high this year was 13 points. Tonight he had 14. So that's back-to-back nights in which the Suns have given up a season high to a player. Ooh, and it sucks. Down low in the paint, teams are getting whatever they want nowadays. So it gets the Suns and has to stop. He had that huge dunk on Frank Kaminsky. Yes. That was pretty pretty nasty, man. I can't. He had, a, he had a lot back. of dunks, but that was nice. Yeah, that was. I think that was when I came back from my dentures. And I'm not 25 and have dentures. Someone put that in the comments. I just yeah. it's an Invisalign, but they look like dentures when I pull them out. <laughs> Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss, here, shiny boy. <laughs> Yeah, a Kongwu just you know, uh, good for him. He's somebody again who I think we liked in the draft. That's two guys in a row because the guy who won it last night was Isaac Okoro, another guy in the yeah. draft. The guy who I think went with the fifth pick. This is the sixth pick. So back to back nights, guys in the top ten and of the draft uh, just went ape shit on the Suns, and he was really a part of that run at the beginning of the fourth quarter that just put the Suns away. You know, any hope that we had, we couldn't stop him at the rim, and ultimately the game was over. Uh, you know, just, just book it, put, put it away, you know, sons lose, uh, most points we've given up this season, 135 points is the most points we've given up this season, including overtime games. So, yeah, that's what we get for having such a great overtime. Yeah. For real, for, for, for real dough. Jam star of the game. This is your reminder, Jamsters, that if you're watching Long Live, even though the sun sucked tonight, I hope that we didn't. So hit the thumbs up button and subscribe. And also let us who you think the Jam star of the game is. Matthew, I went first last night. You go first tonight. Devin Booker. It's got to be the obvious answer, right? Like Mm -hmm. He scored 30 points. These were the starters tonight. Devin Booker, 30. Mikhail Bridges, 18. Chris Paul, 9. DeAndre Ayton, seven, Tory Craig, three. I'm glad we had 100 points tonight, man. You know, we should have had a meeting before this pod, you know, hit up the board, get a vote to see whether or not we should do eight and watch. I didn't get to watch him at all, but you just pulled it from the whole thing. So I just I guess, pulled it. I just pulled it. <laughs> I, I didn't get to watch him. So I guess it's a two to nothing vote. Yeah. It's don't n- nothing to talk about. Again, last game of a three game road trip. Right. The team's coming back for a one game uh, homestand against yeah. the New York Knicks, and then they're back out on the road. And we knew this. We knew that this last stretch of the games were going to be tough just because the Suns are going to be away from home. And you're going to see some tired legs. And due to the COVID-19 missed games at the beginning of the season, that that kind of uh, condensed this back end of the schedule. I'm pretty sure this was a makeup game against the Hawks from when COVID was happened. It? I'm pretty sure. There was it three might games. Be. I'm pr- yeah, I'm almost, I'm almost guaranteed that that yeah. is... Uh, um, what happened. So, I mean, we'll see how they respond when they play the Knicks on, on Friday, but you know, jam star has got to go to book in this one. He's the only one who seemed offensively engaged in this game consistently. Bridges did look nice, but it was just kind of yeah. a, a, an overall game where I just, I didn't feel a lot of confidence coming into the game. Um, and then they just fortified that with their play tonight. Yep. Everyone took the night off. All right. And Alex Kroll says the first Hawks game was the makeup game. So, 
I was right that we missed a Hawks game. There was a Hawks, season, yeah. So. Is that the only uh, one, though? I think that's the only one, right? It was only one game? No, we missed three. Was there three? Mm-hmm. Dude. Yeah, there's Where three. Where is so. my mind? Uh, I don't know. It's in your bathroom in your denture uh, holder thingy. So, uh, Let's see here. Guess what? The only positive thing about this game was last night, right here on the podcast, we asked the question, who was going to win, the Suns or the Hawks? And you said Suns, and I said, strictly for purposes of trying to make up games in the standings against you, yeah. I was going to go with the Hawks. I was right. I'm now two games behind you, Matthew. Yeah. You feeling the pressure? In the back. I'm Pat breathing in the down back. your neck. You know, you're going to win it. I already know you are. You're going to pull it off somehow. So. I don't know, man. I'm There's only like for you, six, man. six games. Like, shut the freak up, man. Like, <laughs> I'm you're rooting for, for you. No, yeah. get out of here. I don't go for myself. No, I'm, not, I don't I'm, believe not for myself. That. I'm not going for that reverse psychology bullshit. No. Nope. <laughs> I believe in you. All right. Well, next up, Friday, the Knicks. Yes. What are you looking out there for, Matthew? Oh, who who's the last team to beat the Suns on their win streak? Ah, it was or to beat the Knicks. Ah, I messed it up. It was the Suns. <laughs> they beat the Knicks. They're the only team that could beat the Knicks. I'm looking <laughs> for a great matchup, though, man. I honestly, I know we can't speak his name tonight, but DeAndre Ayton, dude, I want to see what he can do against the Knicks. I want to see what Booker can do against the Knicks. It's always fun playing against them. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that this team in the East, I know I said like they can kind of compare, of course, they're close in the standings with the Hawks, but they're a team that might get a lot of teams fits because they play very well and very hard together, like the Suns do. They can kind of be like the Suns of the East, but of course the Suns are more superior, better all-star talent on our team. I just think this team is just... they. You never know what you know, you're gonna get hard plays, so you never know how hard it's gonna hit you. I think, and the Suns have to come out swinging right away. No 40 point first quarters, please. Yeah, that'd be nice, huh? I think, uh, you're right. I mean, the last 13 games for the Knicks are they're 12 and one. The only team they lost to is the Phoenix Suns, oh, so yeah. it, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens on on Friday because this is a tough team defensively. You know, they're a team that mm-hmm. likes to beat you with pace and defense. Sounds like the Suns. They're first in the NBA with 104.6 points given up per game. And they are relative to pace. They're last in the league. So they're a slow yeah. down defensive game. So they're a, a team that we can beat at their own game. And that's what's nice. And I think that we did that in Madison Square Garden, behind Devin Booker, Chris Paul, uh, obviously hitting those three clutch shots at the end of the game. Yeah, uh, Cam Johnson, amazing. Cam Johnson had two huge threes in that in that game as well. So I mean, as I was going through and putting together the highlights, I was like, oh hey, look, he made some in a row. That's real nice. Uh, who wins, Matthew? The Suns or the New York Knickerbockers? <sighs> this was actually tough, dude. You want to pick first? Yes, Suns. I'll go Knicks. All right, cool. I like that. You re- you really are rooting for me, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love you. Oh man, I love me too. What can I say? SB Nation says a couple of things tonight from Peachtree Hoops, which is the Atlanta Hawks site. And I forgot to. I should have done this before we did the guess what segment, but I clicked the You're wrong fine, button. And I just worry. rolled with it. Okay. Uh, here, here's some of the things that people said: win this game, and the four seed is ours. Phoenix is no joke, though. Cute. Hard to hide Trey against this team. And then they talked about hiding him on defense, uh, uh, having Mikael Bridges, having him guard Mikael Bridges, and then the first game or play of the game, Mikael Bridges went right by Trey Young, and like, yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> i love this dude uh all right here's another one they said uh 
I like this. I hope the yeah they're talking about themselves. Obviously, yeah, they I wanted know. the four seed. Okay. Uh, I hope the history of the league serves Chris Paul right. A surefire Hall of Famer. Just look at the impact he has had on OKC and Phoenix alone. He could have easily ring chased, but he didn't, and I respect him for that. So that's kind of the look of the national what? fan of Chris Paul. They're 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 rooting for him. They're saying this guy could have went and chased a ring somewhere. He could have tried to sign or 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 dictated a trade to somewhere else, but he wanted to come to Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, this is ring tra- chasing, right, with this team? I mean, I thought it was all along. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. A team that was hasn't been in the playoffs in 10 years. Yeah, he went yeah. ring chasing <laughs> with the Suns, okay? Uh, he goes, the Hawks, somebody said the Hawks <laughs> may wear down defensively. Uh, hopefully the back-to-back kills the Suns, which it ended up doing. The Suns hopefully. are better overall, but the Hawks being able to match points with these teams would be why I wouldn't want to, I, I would want to avoid the Hawks at all costs in the playoffs. They're going to be games where they just get hot from three, and it's going to put a scare into anyone. Uh, that was early in the game, and guess what? That yeah. came to fruition. It's so hard to tell what a team's going to do against another team this year. I know it sounds so basic, but it's just like, yeah, we'll see if we can match them up points wise. But then they're coming off back to back. It's just it's so weird. It's so up and down. It it just you don't know how to really judge your own team against other teams, especially coming out from the West. So. Yeah, it's it's a team you see twice a year. If that made any sense? And no, it makes perfect sense. You know, it's you just don't know what to expect. And I think coming into this game, we had an idea of what to expect, considering it was on uh, a back to back, and we're at yeah. the back end of the season. And we've been talking about recently on these podcasts how the Suns just look a little tired, and you know that's everybody in the NBA right now. And this is where champions are made: is how you end the season and enter the playoffs, where you're going to be even ti- more tired because every possession is weighs as much as as Oliver Miller's left thigh and you have to get through it. So that's how, I mean, that's how champions are made is, is by being put in the toughest situations and adjusting accordingly. Uh, One more I have, or I got two more eight and showing why size will always be coveted eight and size probably took four points off the board for us. Clint Capella was scared to reload on the first play and then flipped it up because Aiden was there. And then the next play Aiden blocks him. Not to mention, overall, Aiton looks like one of the few guys in the league that Clint can't bully. That is awesome. I love hearing that stuff. There you Get go. More of that, dude. That's you know, some respect. You know, we always talk about how DeAndre Aiton—he's not physical enough. He's not—you know—he's not—he doesn't jam it enough. And you know, this is the outside looking in. They're like, dude, this guy is taking our center, who we feel is a physical center, and our guys having a hard time with him. Yeah, I mean, they probably don't even know anything about Aiden Watch and how much we struggle with him. But yeah, he's he's a guy I would see a lot of fan bases saying that, you know, especially Clint Cabela. Come on. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, last thing was on Devin Booker. Devin Booker mm-hmm. shoves off hard with his off arm on every <laughs> yeah. drive. You can, get, you can get away with a shoulder, but that's way more than an arm bar, my man. I like that one because he does a lot, but it depends how much you sell it on defense, if you get the call or not. That's... Mm-hmm. You know, every player does that shit. So, well, and like you think back to the Celtics oh. game, Kemba Walker sold it every time. And that's why yeah. Devin Booker got into foul trouble because he kind of, whenever he drives, he does one of these. He throws his arm kind of into that defender. And if you let that ref know, one, if you, you tell them beforehand, like, hey, dude, he's throwing his arm into me and he's extending, yeah. not all the way, but any extension is an offensive foul. And if he starts to extend a little bit and you, then you, you know, you get low and you take it in the chest, you can get called for that. So, I mean, the opposition has noticed it so there you go that is sb nation says all right all right all right all all right thoughts um brains 
All right, I wanted to end this ended. I wanted to end it did this podcast mm-hmm. on to Drinko here with uh, just kind of a look at the standings currently in the NBA. Uh, this, yeah. this is live right now. Knowing that uh, the Utah Jazz are they're going to be forty eight and eighteen. They currently says forty seven and eighteen, but they are just pasting the San Antonio Spurs right now. So they're currently in the one seed. You have Denver versus Dallas now in the four five matchup. A beautiful three six matchup of the Los Angeles Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers. Man, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if the playoffs ended today and this were the current seeding matchup, I would be fucking ecstatic. Yeah, I mean, if the Clippers can beat the Lakers, because the Lakers, like I always said, are the only team I think the Suns can lose to, I'm, I'd am i be ecstatic. But, of course, it's like, how are we going to adjust as a young team going into the playoffs? But throw that out the door, dude. I don't even care. Throw it out the window. Throw it out the door. All of that. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> Honestly, that's a perfect first-round matchup to have for anybody in the West. And, you know, the other side, I guess, even if we had the one seed here, I'd be happy because that would mean we would play the winner of Denver versus Dallas. And Denver, although Nikolai Jokic is playing out of his goddamn mind right now, they are a team that come the play come playoff time and going up against them, trying to win four out of seven, I think that we would have an advantage over. And if somehow they lost to the Dallas Mavericks, they would – I would love the Suns <clears throat> to play the Mavericks in the second round, all this being – uh, under the precedent that we would win the first round. Um, just seeing the, the Battle of L.A. in the first round, it would just be ideal. That That's what makes me excited. Yeah, and honestly, when I'm looking at any of these teams, even in the play-in tournament, I'm just like, I don't want to face anybody. I really honestly don't right now. Until we get in there, dip our toe in in the first round, maybe I'll feel more confident in this team. I love the Suns the way they play right now. I don't think a lot of teams can beat them, but Mm -hmm. it's just a lot of these teams we have to go up against. Even if we're in the East bracket, I'm just like, unless it's against the Celtics, I'm just like, I don't even know if we beat these teams in four or five games, you know? Fuck the East bracket because we don't have to play there. What about Memphis, San Antonio, Portland, Golden State? Which one of those teams scares you the most? All of them. But you got to pick one. You can't can't be that guy. I have to pick one is Portland. Okay, why? You're, you're talking about these teams that, okay, are they going to turn it on? Portland is a team that can turn it on, and I know a lot of people are getting sick of them. They're giving up on them and all that. I have two, and like Portland's always been like my number two favorite team in the NBA, very, very low away from the Suns, just because I love that team every year. And I think, honestly, they had a chance this year to really do something special, and I still think they can get that spark in the playoffs. That is a team where if we have to play them in the first round, it's going to suck. And I know they don't, they're not in sync right now, but it doesn't matter, dude. They have a lot of respect on that team. It's going to be put a lot of fear into Aiton's eyes, Booker's eyes, going up against those guys and CJ McCollum. If they're healthy, this, that team's going to be a very, very scary team. Golden State Warriors, another thing. I don't, I don't buy into that. The Steph thing, it can die out very quickly. That's a five-game series right there if we play Golden State. So I'll go. I'll start off with Portland, and you're definitely right. They're a team that is battle tested. They've played in the playoffs. They've made an appearance in the Western Conference Finals. Dame time is nothing you want to go against. But I think in a seven game series, we could beat them because this team, this iteration of the Phoenix Suns, has the ability to impose our will on the opposition. This isn't the Phoenix Suns of old, where we're going to just try to run you out of the out of the uh, the arena, and if you play a little defense and push us around a bit, uh, we we can't respond. We're we're the pushers. We're the aggressors now, and I think that with Portland, we can have the ability to do that. I, I definitely think it'd be a, a series that would go six games, 
But also remember that Portland is really shitty on defense. Like they have great scores, but they can't stop anybody. How good is Dame Lillard on on defense? Not very good. I know Portland. How good, how, how good is how good is CJ McCollum on defense? How good is Carmelo Anthony good. on defense? It does matter. I it really honestly matter. don't think in the playoffs, big situation with that team and those players that have been there before. I think that's a big thing. I know we don't talk about that too much on here because we hear it so much like, oh, the Suns are young, they're inexperienced. Yeah. But then we do have the players on our team that have been in the playoffs. Exactly. But that team has been together for so long. I feel like they just have that against us. And I defensively, they can turn it up if they want to defensively. I think they can in the playoffs. See, I don't buy into that. You're so bad defensively this season that you're not going to pick it up in the playoffs. I don't buy that for a lot of these teams. I think they can pick it up. And see, your argument I agree with relative to the Jazz and the Denver Nuggets because those are teams that have been together forever and they play defense. But there's a reason why the Portland Trailblazers are currently the seventh seed in the NBA. You know, I mean, they're a team that is 37 and 29. They have 10 more losses than the Phoenix Suns. It's because they've had challenges playing defense. And I think in a seven-game series, I don't think Chris Paul and Devin Booker look at them with fear. I really don't. I think they look at them as as equals because they're like we're su- we're we're two all stars too. We're superstars too. So mm-hmm. I think that you know I would say out of these four teams, probably the Spurs scare me the most just because I have <laughs> I, I have post traumatic yeah. Spurs disorder. You know, Golden mm-hmm. State doesn't scare me because Steph does, but Steph isn't going to score sixty points a night for you know four straight games and and not have us make any adjustments. You know, that's the other thing you got to remember. We are a defensive team that knows how to make adjustments. And granted, we haven't seen the playoffs. This is a great unknown. But I really think that Monty Williams, this coaching staff led with Chris, led by Chris Paul on the court, has the ability to make adjustments not only throughout the series, but in game. That's going to be uh, highly beneficial for this team come playoff time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these teams, I just feel like this NBA season, they're so focused more than ever of getting just to the playoffs. I mean, you even see in the Suns team who hasn't been in the playoffs in 10 years, it's like, oh, we just can't wait to get to the playoffs. That's why I just think when you're looking at the records, you're looking up these matchups, I just don't pay te- too much attention unless it's the Spurs or the Grizzlies maybe. Even those teams, I feel like, can maybe put up a fight. But Portland and Golden State, those are two teams that would scare me just a little bit. No, yeah, I I agree with you. They do scare me a little bit, but I'm not overly scared of them. Not to I think lose that, a series, yeah. Yeah, not to lose a series. I I take us to six games, absolutely. Portland, absolutely. Even it might even be a seven gamer. I wouldn't be surprised because they have the playoff ability and acumen. But I believe that the Phoenix Suns again have the ability to impose our will defensively to be physical to push them around to the point where, you know. I think good things can happen for the Suns. But anyways, I just wanted to touch on that in our thoughts real quick before we got out of here today. Uh, Matthew, is there anything from your notes that I done missed before we done get out of here and go on to Twitter spaces? John, I, what, I don't have any notes. Well, what we're going to do, for those of you who are watching <laughs> along live, we're going to go to Twitter spaces. Uh, we're going to join our buddy Espo, who is a member of the Sun Solar Panel. We're trying out this whole spaces thing. We're going to try it out, see what it's yeah, like and such. Do you know what there. movie I watched the other night and I haven't watched forever? Forrest Gump. Um, Armageddon. Yeah, you know I never finished that movie. Shannon's never seen it, and I just I sat here. <laughs> and I don't want to close my eyes. I've seen that. Oh, sleep. Yeah, it was it was such it a great just, movie when it came out. And is it anything to do? Is it like the music video from Aerosmith though? Is it anything to do with that? Because I've seen that music video. No, it's just no. Kind of plays. In the, it, it's like uh, my heart will go on by Celine Dion. It just kind of plays. Yeah. Oh, like they kind of have a. Like you'll have you'll have Ben Affleck's like <laughs> laying there with Liv Taylor, and it's just like 
It'll play like a quick guitar riff. It's like, don't want to fall asleep. And it just goes back to the movie. It's really interesting. But uh, it really holds up. It really holds it? up. Yeah, I'll check it out, John. I will yeah, watch it. Good I highly you. recommend it for, for you and the Jamsters. So uh, on that note, Jamsters, we're going to go ahead and take off. Thank you again. If you're joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, make sure you subscribe and hit the thumbs up button. If you want to become an elite Jamster, like so many of you who are joining us, go ahead and hit the join button both on the channel and in the description below. Make sure you follow us at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix Fans app. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. I'm Matthew Lissy. And you can follow, uh, Don't just don't follow me home because that would be weird for everybody involved. Uh, I did say at the beginning of the show that I was going to read one of our five-star reviews. Yeah. So let me, let me get to that real quick. It is from one of our elite jamsters, Travis, okay. who joins us on almost every show. Pull it up real quick here. I got a couple, actually. So I'll start with Travis's. He says, uh, I usually try and watch on YouTube, but these gentlemen are providing the content Suns fans need. They have created a great community of fans who love talking basketball and love our Suns. Cheers, boys, and good luck getting bigger and bring more fans together. So, Travis, cheers to you. Thank you for the five-star review. Uh, Thank you for being a jamster. I mean, this is how you do it. You go on here and review it. More people see the positive reviews. They show up and listen and follow the show along with us. And then I have from Wet Like I'm Book One says, "Fellas, not many Suns fans here in Texas." He said, "Text yeah. ass." Says, "Text ass." Oh, <laughs> and I'm a big in, fan, huh? In Texas, I uh, hate the sports radio here. Nothing but cowgirls and Luca talk. Yeah. You guys are great to listen to. I feel like I'm chopping it up about some Suns basketball. We'll listen to you guys. Uh, keep it coming keep up the good work hashtag colossal yes. cock crowder hashtag ccc oh colossal cock crowder that's really colossal really good that's crowder yeah we're go gonna, we're gonna, that, that one <laughs> that one's gonna stick so uh, on thank you again to all the jamsters who joined us and stop by our apple podcast give us a five-star review and we'll read it right here so on that note cheers happy cinco de mayo we'll see i went into like a weird accent happy cinco de yeah. mayo uh dude, we'll see you on friday after the next game oh. everyone go home love your family